From the Mid-South Van Studio in Hernando, Mississippi, Rooster Production presents Under the Water Tower, sponsored by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Derek Biglane and Matt Crane. Morning, Matt. Morning, Derek. As you heard, we had Ben Crosby leading us into the show. That is in reference to and in appreciation of the 72-degree and sunny day that we had yesterday on a December 10th day in Hernando, Mississippi. Matt, your thoughts on that song? Podcast listeners, this, is, this would have been our first artistic uh, disagreement for the show. Uh, that is easily Bing Crosby's worst song. I'm pretty sure I'd, I'd, we may have had one listen in Hawaii. Uh, maybe Dog Chapman. That's it. Dog the Bounty Hunter oh, probably nice. like, would like probably our did. show. Just the worst Christmas song. Awful. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about uh, our top five and bottom five Christmas songs. Pretty sure Paul McCartney may be bringing in the, the bottom The bottom Paul McCartney will be in the bottom five. He'll, he'll, he will be in my, I'm not saying it's a pure, outright uh, hatred of the song, but it will be in my bottom five. Yeah, it's wonder, a solid yeah. bottom five. What was it? The wonder, Wonderful Christmas Time? Wonderful Christmas Time. Yeah, it's a bad, bad song. Absolutely. So we, we will get to that next week. But uh, anyway, just want to be able to celebrate that. It was just a, a nice and beautiful day. Hopefully that everybody was able to get out yesterday in one of those kind of Indian summer days that hit. Now we've got rain coming, I think, tonight, all weekend, leading to tomorrow. So hopefully you took yesterday, had that chance to maybe get out in the pool. And if you don't have a pool, we know somebody that could find you one. Absolutely right. Our guest host this past Tuesday, Mr. Brian Couch of Team Couch of Birch Realty. Had a lot of good comments on our Facebook page, people reaching out to us about the show with Brian, our first uh, guest host that we've had on the show. Uh, Brian and Terry over at Team Couch of Birch Realty are starting their third month of being our presenting sponsor, and we certainly want to say thank you to them. Uh, look, Team Couch of Birch Realty has over 25,000 closings since 2009. They are the number one team for over a decade. They have over 63 years of combined real estate experience between the team. I've been saying it for weeks uh, that they had 55 years. I was about eight years off. They have 63 years of combined experience. They're ranked nationally as a top-performing real estate team. If you're looking for help with buying or selling residential real estate in DeSoto County, there's no team better than Team Couch of Birch Realty. Give them a call at 662-449-1700. That's 662-449-1700. Or find them at teamcouch.com. That's teamcouch.com. Podcast recorded each and every Tuesday and Friday morning from the Mobile Car and Van Studio. Mobile Car and Vans, formerly Mid-South Vans, located at McCracken and Commerce right here in Hernando. Please reach out to them for any needs when it comes to body shop needs, car rental needs, family trip needs. Uh, Derek got a lot of people calling us about Christmas light uh, looking and, and stuff like that going on right now. So give us a call, 662-469-4555. That's 662-469-4555 for mobile car and van rentals. This week was, was busy. Um, as we're getting closer to the Christmas season, things will start to wind down. But uh, we had a busy uh, week, and specifically a busy Tuesday. Had a lot going on uh, that we'll be discussing t- uh, today, both on, in sports uh, and uh, with kind of the, the government and the news talk uh, for, the, for the county. I want to start with Tuesday night, of course, the second Tuesday of the month, is the Hernando Planning Commission that took place this past Tuesday night. And a lot of times when we've previewed planning commissions before, we've had Natalie Lynch, our favorite planning commissioner, uh, on the show before and, and have gotten some uh, other uh, information from her. But there was pretty some pretty interesting stuff that went on on Tuesday. And so we kind of want to touch on it uh, here today. Uh, the first was basically we'll look at three things. The first being 
there for people that are maybe know where this is if you're on the interstate and you see that kind of a lot uh, on the side of the interstate on the west side that has all of the bulldozers backhoes equipment stuff like that and you see kind of a temporary building a temporary shed that's kind of built there well that individual was looking to uh, take that property from a c2 which is basically a highway commercial uh, to an m1 which is light industrial to be able to put a, a permanent building and some other uh, improvements he wanted to make to the project and uh, he was denied. And so that was, uh, you know, kind of an interesting take and, and uh, interesting move uh, by the Planning Commission. The next one is the old DeSoto Times building. Some some people might call it the Goodwood building uh, right there on 51, uh, just north of the square. That there was the, the owner of that was looking for a parking variance. Uh, they, it, the ownership has changed. Uh, they're looking to improve it for maybe uh, a restaurant or retail type establishment. Uh, but a lot of the issues with why it's kind of moving slowly, uh, some of it had to do with the parking variance and, and the parking spaces required uh, for that space. Uh, they were able to get it approved with 31 parking spaces. Uh, they, it, I think that they had been going anywhere from 40 to 45, kind of back and forth, uh, but they were able to get it down to 31, uh, have the variance approved, and so that will be coming uh, before the Board of Aldermen next week on Tuesday. Right, and I think it's going to be um, fairly sure it's going to be about, give or take, a 4,000-square-foot restaurant and then uh, three retail base facing Highway 51. And then the parking is going to be over in the north part closest to the square uh, is what that's going to be. So it's a really neat project. Uh, I, I was actually involved in the in the purchase of the building. So I think it's going to be something that's going to be pretty cool. Uh, you know, Derek, I, the owner of the building has been working very hard to get to this. Uh, he's jumped through a lot of hoops, uh, worked hard on these different things. So I'm looking forward to 2021. I know he is as well to get things uh, moving in the right direction. Again, retail space, restaurant, maybe some space for small gathering get togethers 50 person stuff around the event center yeah Uh, a little event event center type thing very interesting project and and i'm glad that he was able to get the parking squared away and done and and move forward for uh, 2021 because i i want to say he's trying he would like to have every every bay um open in 2021 so well i mean of course that's all based on what happens with the the coronavirus and what the mandates are which we will discuss both of those glad it got done and moving forward i don't see any issues on the alderman side we'll find out but you, you have an individual who's investing you know his own money into a project and looking to improve a building, which I'm not saying it was an eyesore, but I mean, it was an older building sure. uh, sitting just off the square, you know, bringing it up to code, bringing it up to, uh, you know, just repaint, you know, fresh paint, uh, some fresh businesses in the area. I think it's a, a exciting project. Looking forward to that, as you said, in 2021. 50, you know, less than a hundred yards away from the square, you know, restaurant nightlife type situation kind of in that area right next to uncle Bubba's or you know, really close to it uh, will be really good. And I think it'll be a good addition to the downtown area of Hernando will be a, a lot of fun. Uh, and the third and final thing uh, that was discussed was actually tabled. So we had one denied, one approved, and then, you know, we went for the trifecta and had one tabled. And this one I hope that uh, everybody is may not be aware of. Um, some of y'all have may been up in the uh, Mackinville Road Extended that's going around behind the Hernando Hills Elementary, going to tie in at Green Tea, going to connect to the new Mackinville Mackinville Road extended that goes north, four laned all the way to um, Pleasant Hill. Of course, that's tying in right there where the exit is. The exit's supposed to be done spring of 2021, so probably with I would say by late April, early May, they're expecting that to be complete. Uh, weather, of course, determining. But right there, if you look just to the east of that intersection or where the intersection will be uh, there's been a lot of dirt work going on uh, over the last several months and so some people may not know what that is there's two uh, 
individuals who are looking to put a basically it's going to be called the or something uh, of a field house so a very large warehouse type structure um, that will be used for uh, looking to house i think four, four basketball courts an indoor batting cages and indoor like a astroturf field to practice baseball weight rooms other things and then on the back of that behind the building uh, will be baseball fields uh, four baseball fields in the diamond shape that you normally see with all the outfields facing each other um, and so it's uh, just a very excuse me all the uh, home plates facing each other uh, just a very great project for Hernando uh, a, a sporting thing so that was brought up uh, at the planning commission a lot, a lot of conversation about it a lot of discussion and it was tabled before park the I think the you know they had it at 180 parking spaces. Uh, the building has a capacity based on the set of plans that we have seen, that is about 1,062 occupants. Uh, assuming that you had like a basketball tournament going on at the same time you had baseball practice on the astroturf field indoors or at the um, at the batting cages, if you had people working out in the weight room at the same time, so it could hold up to a thousand people in in the different settings. And so you know 180. Uh, is the number that they had set aside to start with. Uh, the planning commission, there was talk of maybe up to 800 parking spaces, uh, which would be even more than Walmart currently has. And so I think that's where the hang-up is right now. They, again, so they're going to have more discussions on that, and it was tabled for the next meeting, which will be on January 12th. I'm, I'm going to go, I don't like to always offer a personal opinion, but I think on a personal opinion, I think this will be a great thing for Hernando. Uh, I, no, I don't. I want it to be done right, but at the same time, this is something Hernando needs. Uh, if you see the plans, if you remember the um, sports consultants that we had come in here, one of the things that they said that Hernando needed, I believe it was third on the list, was a indoor basketball, uh, an indoor facility. Now they had it at Renaissance Park, but an indoor facility to allow for basketball games, to allow for volleyball games, volleyball matches, uh, for practice and for tournaments, uh, and to also have you know more things for, for kids to do indoors, not only for those sports, but throughout the winter. And this meets that need privately. It costs the city nothing. So again, I just I think it looks like a great project. For those of y'all that don't know, please go to the website. EBC uh, will be the tenant. The Ed B, uh, Ed Easley uh, baseball uh, is basically the one that will be the tenant to the building. And so I think that if you don't know, go to the uh, the Ed Easley website, uh, EBC website. Look at it. Look what they're trying to do. Again, man, I think it's a great project. Yeah, Derek. It's a, I mean, it's a beautiful project. Uh, it looks pretty neat. You and I have talked about it. We're obviously very interested in the Madison Lakes project. We're interested in the uh, what'll be probably what well, it really will be the northern entrance of Hernando for the next 25, 30 years coming off of sixty nine. And so Madison Lakes project that's going on, uh, you may be looking at, uh, you know, a couple of hotels, 1,100 houses are approved. The northern part of Hernando coming off of Mackinville uh, will be a, something that's going to be awesome for the next two or three decades. And this could be a, a, a project that could really be a, a good part of that, visible from that exit, uh, right there, easily accessible. Um, so you're kind of looking at, you know, people coming around from all around DeSoto County, possibly going well, maybe stay at those hotels, yes, but I'm, I'm just talking about they, they can go to, to, to dinner or lunch or those type things here in uh, Hernando. So it's kind of a very interesting thing that, that it was it was shelved because of parking. You know, Derek, you and I have talked about the Silo Square d- development for the last th- uh, 90 days. You know, the last three months we've talked about it. We've talked about uh, the stuff that they're doing in South Haven, the growth and, and everything like that. And, and this is a project where somebody um, that has options throughout DeSoto County, different places he could put this facility, has come to Hernando mm-hmm. and he's trying to put it here. And listeners, you can't see it, but I'm holding my hands up kind of saying like, what are what's the, what's the issue here? Uh, if this project doesn't happen in Hernando over – 
something that we can't come together on. I don't know. It's going to be tough. I'm not saying that Park is not important. It is. Uh, and there is a there has to be an agreement, but I think sure. you know some between 180 and 800 is a is a pretty wide gap. Absolutely. Remember, we, you know maybe you don't need 100 and you know maybe you don't need 400 parking spaces day one. Maybe sure. 180 is the number. Maybe it's 200. Right. Maybe right. it's 150. I don't know. Um, and that that's what you know you got to do traffic studies and stuff like that. And and you know actual uh, I know they have code for what how many parking spaces per person or or per occupancy. But at the same time, you know I, I don't know if you're going to be selling out baseball tournaments or basketball tournaments or volleyball tournaments day one right so you could probably ease into that and maybe have something okay as of the first year you have this as of the second year once you know average occupancy reaches this you've got to add this there's a way to get there but i mean as you, you were talking about it i mean think about it if you're there playing baseball games or you're playing basketball games or volleyball or having practice whatever you're gonna where are you gonna eat you know like if you're dropping your kids off for an hour or two you, you can drive it down to hernando or could a restaurant open next door Right, you know, a couple of restaurants. You know, th- that could open that whole area up, as you said, not only on Madison Lakes, but on the north side of Green Tea, and then going toward Pleasant Hill. You know, at the South Haven, we mentioned it before. They've already looking at the feasibility of extending Sweeney Road from where it dead ends at Star Landing through there, all the way to connect to Pleasant Hill. Uh, and so that's another northwest corridor right there, from basically Mackinville Road extended, becomes Sweeney Road after Pleasant Hill up to South Haven. Yeah. I mean, that's all being talked about. That's a one-mile stretch. It's all being talked about by both cities. And so, man, that will be unbelievable commercially for yeah, Hernando yeah. Uh, right there. And, again, done with private dollars. You now have got four baseball fields. Everybody complains about baseball and parks and stuff like that. Now you've got four baseball fields probably run that can host tournaments in Hernando. I don't think this is a facility for baseball tournaments. Okay. Okay. Right. I don't think it's I don't think it's made for that. I think what's going on is the planning commission is thinking the planning commission is kind of thinking to themselves, they're picturing what if three years from now you're hosting something that has more cars than you know, if you see what I'm saying. Right, and, and that's what I'm saying. Right. It, that's a steady build up. And that it's a right. slow build up. And you're right, and maybe they don't have maybe I haven't again seen what the actual usage could be. Correct. But it, it is the plans do show four baseball fields. Right. On and, the back side. And and another thing, I, I have been told that the owner was told he should get approved at 150 parking spots with no problem. And he put 180. Well, We're going to sit down and visit with Greg Drumright, who is the owner of this building, of the project. We're going to sit down with him probably sometime on Monday and, and interview him, get to know him a little bit more, get to know him and his project, his vision for this. Uh, the, it's called the Fieldhouse Project, what's called on their plans. We don't necessarily know what's going to be called yet, um, but it's a pretty neat venue. Something else, Derek, one of the bigger things that I, I liked about what I heard about it, Hernando High School is going to have access to this. I mean, Hernando High School has well, access again, to Again, volleyball, right. basketball, sure. I mean, practice, team. Exactly. I mean, all that's you know, – look, it's needed. We, we know it's needed. Everybody's always looking for a practice spot, a place to go. Right. And, and they've got a facility now that, again, private dollars, not being built <laughs> by the city, not in right. Renaissance Park, right. not costing the taxpayers a dime, yep. actually – We'll be paying the taxpayers to do this because through commercial taxes, I, I hope that we can get together and make this happen and that the city you know, says, look, you know, I'm not saying, you know, concede everything. I mean, never, that's not negotiation. Negotiation is giving up a, a little bit to yeah, get a little sure. bit. But I would hate to, again, lose it over anything. I hope there's patience. I hope there's, you know, cool heads that prevail to kind of get this done because I think it would be an exciting project for the north side of Hernando. Well, I mean, I think it'd be awesome. I and mean, we know how big baseball is and volleyball and, and those type things. And the northern entrance of Hernando over the next 30 years would have this facility sitting right there. I tell you, I think it could be something that would be really good on the north half. Let's try and work together. And get, yeah. I say work together. I've got a lot of – I don't have – all I have is a microphone in front of me. I don't have the right. – you know, I'm not doing it. But we are going to visit with uh, Greg Drumright, the person developing it next week. Again, 
again, uh, listeners. So we'll have more information about the project. It is what it is for right now, Derek. I don't know if it's going to, um, like you said, planning commission is not going to meet until January. Uh, I know the gentleman's kind of ready to get going uh, with a couple of different things and, and some different uh, financial setups or whatever that I think we're you know, kind of relying on things to get passed this past Tuesday and it got shelved. So we'll visit with him and give you guys an update on that. Uh, Derek, give us an update real quick. Speaking of sports and teenagers and stuff like that, give us a quick update when it comes to DCS. Today is the day to make a decision to go back next nine weeks, uh, virtual or in person. As Matt said, you know, every nine weeks you have to make a decision. And once you make the decision for the public schools, then you have to stick with that for the entire nine week time. And that's what's happening. Today is the final day. So the 11th, you know, it's here. You need to make a decision if you haven't already whether your child will be in person or virtual for the next nine weeks, starting the first uh, nine weeks of uh, 2021. They, uh, it will begin on January 5th. Uh, right now, uh, there was some stats given. I think in the first nine weeks, 63% uh, of the students were in person and 37 were, were virtual. For the second nine weeks, it was 73% in person and 27% virtual. So about a, about a 10% increase in the in-person learning. The superintendent doesn't expect to be another 10 like i mean he doesn't expect it to go to 83 17 uh he does maybe a slight a, a slight increase uh, going from there but again he was stressing that the students learn best when they're in class and that however the teachers are doing a great job doing as what they can virtually the school system obviously has provided more resources to those uh, that want to be virtually um and you know and then of course the 70 percent fridays will happen now through the rest of the year so that's all the way to the end of the school year so there are some concessions still being made but please if you have not done so already please alert and let the public schools know how you want your child to learn for the first nine weeks of 2021 by the end of today had an opportunity on Tuesday night to sit down with Corey Elselton. He did the announcing for the senior night up at the Hernando High School soccer field. So he sat there with me. Uh, it was a little chilly, so he finished up. Between games, he did the announcing and did the seniors, and then he decided to stay up there where it was warm with me. So he, we hung out on Tuesday night and visited quite a bit about virtual learning, about uh, in-person stuff and all the different things going on um, you know, with the schools. If you're wanting to get away from uh, COVID-19 talk and get away to some magical places, look no further than Magical Destinations of Fernando. Magical Destinations of Fernando has been a sponsor of our show for the last three months. We certainly thank Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher for their support and their belief in us. Whether it's that trip to Disney World, Universal Studios, or that tropical getaway, these ladies can help you plan the trip of your dreams. They get you the best rates with headache-free planning. Magical Destinations is locally owned and operated right here in Hernando. Give them a call today to start planning your magical getaway. Reach out to them at 662-469-6304. That's 662-469-6304. And visit with Sue Ellen or Ann Christopher today. Check them out on Facebook and Instagram at Magical Destinations Unlimited. That's Magical Destinations Unlimited. We're going to go out a little wider now, uh, go out to statewide, and talk about the, I guess, announcement that was by Governor Reeves that extends the mask mandate now until January 21st of 2021. The current orders were uh, set to expire today, uh, but the new guidelines were put in place, I believe, it was either Wednesday afternoon or Thursday morning. Uh, and, of course, DeSoto County will be impacted. Uh, we've been one of the counties that have been under the mask mandate for a few weeks now. Uh, that will continue all the way until January 21 of 21. Um, again, just to reiterate, 10 uh, in a single space, no more than 10 in a single space indoors versus outdoor social gatherings, uh, 50 people or less that are in close proximity. A couple of new things that to make sure face coverings are to be required in schools statewide 
whenever social distancing is not possible, so in, in-person mask, if they're not able to be more than six feet apart in class, uh, will now be required. And also in DeSoto County and other uh, counties that Reeve listed, well, masks will be required inside and when interacting with the public. So if you're close outside somewhere else, He's also now mandating you to wear a mask, even outdoors, if you're, again, interacting with the public. Now, I don't know how that's going to be monitored here in DeSoto County, uh, but it is part of the listing that he put out there. Uh, regarding sporting events, this is something else that's kind of been added to this new mandate. Uh, in indoor venues that involve K-12 through student ath- with student athletes, such as high school basketball games, of course, that's going on right now, the limits will be no more than four spectators per student uh, participant and limiting it to a max of 250 spectators. So a high school gym can have no more than 250 people in it at one time. So four per student participant or with a max of 250. And then other indoor arenas, so basically like the Jackson Coliseum or the Ole Miss Stadium, uh, excuse me, basketball arena or State's basketball arena, they will be limited to a uh, limit of 10% seating capacity or 1,000 attendants. So Ole Miss played their first game last night, basketball game, and they were allowed 1,000 people in pavilion. Again, this is because everybody knows the numbers are going up. Uh, everybody knows that uh, for Mississippi, for the South, for the nation, uh, the deaths are going up. They said the second wave would be here. It is here. It's still kind of the same demographics are being affected. So please continue to wear your mask. Um, I know that it's not the best thing. The only good thing I guess about the wintertime is it may keep your mouth cool if you're outside. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was at a soccer match last night, and I caught myself. I caught myself walking back to the car wearing the mask a little bit longer, and I thought to myself, eh, "This feels this, this isn't too bad." <laughs> yeah, it's you not know, too bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep, keeps, it definitely helps with the warmth a little bit. Again, you know, now I'm not saying that the sheriff's department is going to come shut you down if you don't have it on, but you know, they if you're playing statewide competition in basketball and it's not done, you know, technically they they could, uh, especially when the playoffs start. So, and not only that, but maybe not having a mask on will have somebody, you know accused of, of something and being able to say okay well you got to sit out two weeks for covid let's just do our part and do the best that you can continue to wash your hands continue to use hand sanitizer all the things you can do wear your mask if you're going to kroger i know it's not the best thing uh, i'm not a, a, a huge fan of it but i do it i'm not saying you got to follow every rule but let's do our best because this is not you know it doesn't affect me i can go to my job i take my mask off of my office no big deal but you know these kids are trying to get through a high school season you know these students are trying to finish it up uh you know classes and some are having exams next week trying to get just get to the the, the christmas break and then start over again on january 5th do what we can if, if you know if you want to do it for your own health or for your relative's health do it for your kids so they can continue to play and hopefully this will be i'm not saying the mandates will probably end the 21st i don't see them ending on january 21st but maybe we can just keep them kind of where they are because none of us won't uh we do have a new administration coming in on about january 21st will be about the inauguration none of us want to see a, a government-wide shutdown again it may not be fun but let's do our part continue to go on uh vaccine is coming which that's our next story you know, we're here. We're going to have to follow this until the 21st. You know, Derek, a uh, popular radio show that I, I listened to uh, quite a bit. He was saying last Friday night, last Saturday night, went out in Nashville, went out, went to watch some football games on, you know, a local sports bar or something. It closed at 10. He went, they, they called an Uber. They went to a friend's house, uh, went to another guy's house in the Nashville city limits, okay, about a mile from the county line where there's no restrictions. He said he was there till about 1130. And when he left, there were about 14, 15 people inside, no music, nothing loud. You would not know they were there. And when he left, when he walked out to go get in his, his Uber to go back to Franklin, 
uh, the guy whose house it was was getting a citation by the Nashville Police Department. <laughs> okay, so the bigger question is this: the per- someone had to, a neighbor had to have called. Oh yeah. Okay, so the person who called. Okay, here's me, you and I talking here. Is the person who called a loser, or are they a good citizen? I'm gonna be honest. It, <laughs> unless they are affecting you, unless that like you were gonna go to their house the next day, sure. and maybe they could have gotten COVID because they had 15 people over. Right. Unless they're affecting you, and or if. Unless they're keeping now, if it's a noise ordinance, that's a whole other thing. Sure, no but noise. But if it's literally yeah. just for COVID, yes, I'm going to say you just got to leave well enough alone, man. I mean, think of it like you just said. I mean, you and I both know more than likely in, in Nashville, the person that you, well, first of all, you wouldn't have called the police on a friend no, of yours. No. So the person who called the police is probably not a friend or even know who this person no. was. They called them. They saw something, called the police. So again, the police aren't fighting crime. They're coming to a house where there's 12 to 14 people. <laughs> and giving a citation to somebody. I mean, seriously, unless somebody's keeping me up because their music's too loud. Exactly. Or if I hear a domestic situation, I mean, if there's something going on, you can tell right. there's a domestic violence going on. Other than that, I'm going to leave you in your own house right. alone. You're good. I'm not going to Or your house is on fire. Yeah, house Yeah, house is on fire. Those three things, outside of those three things, I'm not messing with I'm you. not going to sit there and <laughs> I'm exactly. Not, no. I'm not going to worry with it. it. It is what it is. I mean, you guys may be having a COVID party for all I know, but I'm not calling the police. So anyway, but that happened, and it was it just it just odd. So look real quick, and we'll wrap this up. Government mandate. Uh, thanks, Derek, for reading that uh, off to us, and tell us what's going on. Keep staying diligent, washing your hands, doing the best you can, social distance as needed, uh, those type things. But Derek, I will say this: we talked about it on Tuesday night. I did see some pictures from the uh, governor's Christmas party. Uh, governor's Christmas party. Two things. Go back to uh, something. Can you imagine what the the, the headline kind of said? Uh, governor continues to have a Christmas party, uh, maskless attendees, all that kind of stuff. The one thing I got the biggest kick out of were probably a hundred yards away pictures of people at the governor's party. <laughs> the poor person who had to sit there in the bushes, you know, so far away from the governor's mansion, taking these pictures of these people that don't have masks on. I mean. Come on, man. You got to look up at your life. I mean, says me who's yeah, sitting here. That's you paparazzi. Know. It's paparazzi. I'm just, but I'm just saying, I mean, you're just sitting there taking pictures of people from 100 yards away that aren't wearing masks just to have, you know, some gotcha stuff. But, man, you really do have to start looking up and say, gosh, is there not something better I can be doing right now? Well, what's, what they could be doing is calling the Nashville police down to Jackson. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know what? The, yeah, exactly. The The photographer in Jackson may be related to that person whose house it was in Nashville. So, you know, it is what it is. COVID-19 is absolutely on 2020. It's been so much a, a part of uh, what we're doing. But, Derek, there may be a little bit of something in the, on the horizon now. Right yes, at the end of the yes, tunnel. Maybe something. I don't know. But yesterday, the FDA approved the first vaccine for the coronavirus produced by Pfizer. Everybody knew that this kind of stuff was coming. Pfizer is, I mean, we don't have exact numbers and all that kind of stuff, but just what they're going to do and what they're producing is, is, I mean, you know, it's on the way. Things are happening. That's awesome. That's great. I think it was called uh, Operation Warp Speed, mm-hmm. which it absolutely was was tremendous. I mean, whatever. I've even I've even seen some different media news and outlets and stuff like that give Trump credit for it, uh, to, just to cutting some red tape and going and well, putting I mean, this it, together. It, it, they just- these things used to take three to five years. Absolutely. And it took nine months. Yeah. So, look, what they haven't told you, though, is the Pfizer one, you have to go into an igloo to get it. It only is given. I mean, seriously. <laughs> it has to stay really cold. Really we know that. Cold. It has to stay really cold. I mean, it has to stay at like and you, minus and so 90 So, that's Celsius. probably, you know, I, I, you know look, and I, now the guy, there was a, I watched a 91-year-old who got it in Britain. Fantastic video. If you yeah. can find it, it's like a four-minute video. He's the happiest man, happiest 91-year-old I've ever seen. He's awesome. Uh, he got it and said he couldn't even feel it, kind of like a flu shot. You don't even right. feel it. I'm saying if it's like negative 32 degrees, I'm going to feel that going into my arm. But, you know, I will be getting it as soon as it's offered. I talked to my brother 
Hey, and, real quick, and I know if you get the Pfizer one, if you get the Pfizer one, you get a Yeti sticker. <laughs> I'm serious. No, hey, my part's real. Um, the, I talked to my brother, and you know, I asked about. I said, "Hey, man, you know, with this thing coming out?" He said, "Oh, no, no." He said, "I'm, you know, I'm a health, he's a he's a doctor, so he's a healthcare provider. He is like, will be one of the first ones to get it, and when the Nashville gets their allotment, um, and and not only that, but they had volunteers." Who would get it like sure. first? So yes. not only are you know well healthcare providers get it first. He wanted to be one of the first to get it first. I said, well, let me know when it happens. And so I, I know he's up there ready to get it. Um, yes, I'm I'm very glad that they went ahead and approved it uh, yesterday. Looking forward to just getting it out there. Uh, I think this you know I think what is it Britain some other country I think in Africa right. maybe. And then um, now Canada of course had approved it a day or two before us. You know ready to go, ready to get it started. Of course it's a, a two shot inoculation. Uh, you do it once, then three weeks later, you got to go back and get another one. There's been a couple of hiccups about people being allergic, but, I mean, they also ask you when you go get a flu shot if you're allergic to eggs. So, I mean, there will be some allergic reactions, but let's go. I mean, I'm ready. No, if I you know. tell me yeah. I can do this and I can walk in anywhere I want to go and I can go back in the movie theater and watch a, a Marvel movie or if I can go, you know, I can fly anywhere and not have to go through 15 checkpoints, let's go. Yeah, that, and that's what uh, most of us are certainly ready for. So, real quick, Pfizer approved yesterday, December 10th. Um, so, that's going to be moving forward. And then Moderna will actually be the meeting for that from an FDA standpoint will be uh, next week on the 17th. So, Pfizer and Moderna within a week could be approved. I think they're both sitting at around uh, 95% efficacy. So the typical flu vaccine is anywhere from 40 to 50%. Uh, just an amazing thing what science has done and, and put this together. I read in the, an article the other day, Derek, the Moderna one has actually been found or was created in two days. Yeah, once they the, got the strand. yeah, It's once the reverse they, RNA that they're right. using. Um, right. Once they got the strand, it was yeah. created in two days, and then we had to start the trials and stuff. So just amazing. I mean, shout out to the doctors and stuff. People will never uh, meet or know, of course, that are going to, you know, uh, hopefully put the coronavirus, the COVID-19, for lack of a better word, in our back, in, in our rear view uh, mirror for a while. So uh, we're excited about it. I know our, <laughs> our little small podcast here is very excited about it, really excited about it for our kids and, and our families and stuff to be able to kind of get back to uh, – some normal things. I mean, you're so, looking at maybe hopefully uh, just a, a summer vacation where you can pick and choose where you want to go. As someone who owns a van rental company, uh, yes, a, a summer vacation I would <laughs> highly recommend. <laughs> I would. Ha we'll give that number out again. Talk, all, all the talk about the vaccine and stuff, you start thinking about what, what's the spring going to look like, the summer going to look like. If you're looking for somebody to come out, give you an estimate, discuss your yard with you, lawn care at your home or business, please reach out to Williams Services. William Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs. Entering this fall season, the leaves have begun to fall. Williams Services specializes in leaf removal, tree trimming, and fall cleanups. Give Richard a call at 662-292-8855, 662-292-8855, or find him on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. That's Williams Lawn Services on Facebook. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Isaiah 9-6. North Point Christian School wishes a Merry Christmas to all the UTW podcast listeners. Call 662-349-5127 to schedule a private tour or save the date for their socially distant January 24th Preview the Point admissions event at 2 p.m. Again, 
5127 for their January 24th Freeview the Point admissions event at 2 p.m. Podcast also brought to you by The Printhouse, located behind Thunderbirds Pharmacy right here in Hernando. The Printhouse is your one-stop shop for printing services. Whether it's business cards, banners, screen printing for t-shirts, as well as a showroom full of all your vinyl and t-shirt needs, the ladies at The Printhouse can help. Simply give them a call at 662-298-3105. That's 662-298-3105. Or find them at theprinthousems.com. That's theprinthousems.com. Want to look at an uh, announcement that was made uh, earlier this week about the Allstate team, some of the uh, students that have made the Allstate team for uh, Mississippi. These are going to be DeSoto County kids, right, Derek? That is correct. Uh, DeSoto County kids, I think we mentioned uh, that we already mentioned one uh, on an earlier podcast, but I want to give uh, credit, and we want to give credit to uh, all the ones that were named, uh, DeSoto County kids that were named. Uh, for the 6A uh, second team Allstate squad, we had two. Uh, both of them for Hernando. Reed Flanagan and linebacker Sean Wade were both selected to the second team uh, All-State squad. And then for 5A, Darren Hobbs of Center Hill was named as a first-team athlete on the 5A honor team. And the second-team selections were late Cornwall rod receiver Jordan Martin, place kicker Kevin Ruse Frail, and defensive back Tony McCray Jr., along with Center Hill punter Eric Covington. So very well represented in the 5A, and Hernando was well represented on the 6A All-State squads. Absolutely, Derek. Congratulations to those young men. Again, we have said it a million times on this podcast, be glad you had a season. You played football. That's wonderful. But just to be uh, honored um, in this way uh, for these young men, um, just some great football over the last four months here in DeSoto County. Like we talked about, Reed Flanagan with us last Friday. Uh, great opportunity to sit down and visit with him. Great opportunity to visit with him and, and, and share some different things. So congratulations to him, his teammate, and all the other gentlemen, Lake Cormorant, Center Hill, all those guys. Just congratulations to them. As we mentioned on the podcast, we're going to cover scores from early in the week. Uh, if this is We're taping on Friday morning, so anything that happens on, obviously, Thursday night uh, that finishes it up late, we're not going to have information on. Of course, Friday uh, we'll talk about, uh, or Saturday we'll talk about on the following Tuesday show. So from earlier this week, mostly the games were held on Tuesday nights. Most of the teams play Tuesday night. And so those are the ones that we're looking at uh, today. Uh, the first one, um, you know, some of these are scores. that We do have a, a couple of score stats for some of the games. Uh, we had Clarksdale. Uh, this is boys, uh, excuse me, girls basketball. Uh, Olive Branch beating Bartlett, Tennessee. Olive Branch 66, Bartlett 55. Uh, we had a good uh, kind of battle of local teams. Hernando 57, Lewisburg 30 uh, in the girls. Uh, Hernando was led by Abby Harrison with 22 points. And Lewisburg was led by Reagan Salter with eight points. The next game, DeSoto Central, 50, South Haven, 43. So a good win by the Jaguars. Now, Center Hill had a game versus Houston High School. And we'll talk more about that, I guess, matchup in the boys' side. But uh, that game had to be canceled due to COVID reasons. Uh, Horn Lake played Clarksdale. Horn Lake came away, the, uh, the Lady Eagles came away, the winners, 55 to 32. And then the final, I guess, countywide game uh, would have been Carville uh, coming to North Point Christian, uh, beating them 44 to 39. North Point, uh, their leading scores were Briley Faith Cherry with 13, Bethany Wright with 12, and Izzy Carlson with 10 in the 44 39 loss by the Trojans. What was her name? Was her name Briley Faith? Briley Faith. That, she goes double name, double right name. the Brawley Faith. What's Brawley her last Faith? name? Cherry. That's a cool name. Brawley Faith that's Cherry. That's a really cool name. I mean, seriously, that's – that's. And she's a pretty good player too. I mean, no. She's, yeah. she's, she's at North Point? 
Just North Point. Right? Mm-hmm. That's a, no, that's a pretty good name right there. That's the kind of name that she should be like leading a rock star, a rock band or something like oh, that. Faith. Yeah, Barley Faith Cherry is a cool name as a band anyway, so that's yeah. pretty cool. Sorry. No, so, uh, so that <laughs> kind of wraps off the girl. Again, these are all earlier from the week. And, uh, again, just you know, we're trying to give if, – if coaches, if you're listening to this podcast and you hear this and your team did not have any uh, you know leading scores mentioned, please reach out to me. Please reach out to us under the water tower info at gmail.com under the water tower info at gmail.com and send us the information i'm slowly trying to reach out to everybody um, we want to have as much possible or much contact as we can when district starts after the break so if i have not heard from you uh I, I will be reaching out to you to try to do the best to get the contacts to get uh, both on the boys and the girls side to be able to have this information uh, as district starts uh, in january and then of course when the playoffs go through you know the beginning of march turning to boys again a lot of these teams you know usually and, and for those of y'all, probably this may be redundant, but when the whatever teams the girls play, the boys usually play the same team the same night, unless it's uh, either an all-girls school for private schools, or of course with COVID reasons, like we found out with Center Hill and Houston. So on the boys' side, Clarksdale beat Horn Lake 60 to 57. Again, Hernando playing Lewisburg. Hernando won 56 to 51. Hernando was led by Josh Williams with 12. And Lewisburg was led by David Keisel with 15. South Haven, a really close game, uh, 70. DeSoto Central, 67. Carville, Tennessee, uh, 66. North Point Christian, 50. Uh, so Carville swept the Trojans uh, in both their games. And then, Matt, we're going to talk about this game. Now, we're going to save the, the Center Hill-Houston game. That's the one we're going to kind of really talk, delve into for this week. Before we get to that one, let's talk about Manoia Heights. Now, this is not one we're going to normally cover. Yeah, we're not, uh, yeah, not going to talk a ton about Chiefs basketball. But this is one we felt we needed to, to talk about. Yeah, so, Matt, it, let's say that the, so Manila Heights, the, uh, the Chiefs, go down to Kirk Academy. Go down to Kirk and, and Grenada. And Grenada. They win 76-13. to 76-13. to 76-13 okay. to 13 in a high school boys basketball mm-hmm. game. That's um that's a tough loss. I mean, y- yeah. when you when you look at that score, Manila Heights may, may win state this year. I have no idea. Yeah, they could be the, they could be the best. We don't know. 13 points in four corners. That My – our – Junior high girls average more than 13 points in four quarters. Let me ask you, is this something, As you're, if you're the coach of Kirk Academy, which I don't know if we have a lot of listeners down in Grenada, you may think about what the rest of the season looks like. It's going to be a long season. It's going to be a very long season. I mean, again, unless Manoia you, Heights is winning all classifications of private schools in Mississippi, it's going to be a long season. Again, Magnolia Heights may be the best basketball game in the history of, of, of private school. I don't know. However, 13 points – Boys basketball, 32 minutes. I'm guessing eight-minute quarters, right? Are they doing eight-minute quarters? 32 minutes of basketball. All you can put together is 13 points. Free throws? Fouled? Go to the line? I mean, come on. Come on now. Hold I mean, up. <laughs> at, least, at, least, at least drive and get to the one-and-ones. That's I mean, what I'm saying. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. I mean, I don't even know. Look, Magnet Heights, great job. 76 points. Kirk Academy, 13 points. That's terrible. So, real quick, let's let's circle back. We're going to finish with this Center Hill Houston game, Derek. The reason we're going to talk about it, we got some, a lot of Division One talent on this uh, on the court that night. I can only imagine what Center Hill or Houston would have beaten Kirk Academy by. Oh, okay, well, that's can so you mad. imagine? <laughs> so anyway, tell us about Center Hill playing Houston, two of the better teams in the Mid South. Again, some Division One talent from Center Hill and Houston. Uh, give us a quick rundown on that. Okay, so Center, uh, Houston High School, for those of y'all who don't know, is coached by Mike Miller. Yep. Uh, his son plays on the team, Mike Miller, ex-NBA uh, All-Star. Former Grizzly, yeah. Uh, former Grizzly, uh, finished his career with Miami Heat, got a, got a couple rings. Coached with Penny Hardaway at Memphis yeah. uh, for a year, and you know he left there to go coach Houston High School, be with his son. Obviously, they've got a very strong team, a lot of, a lot of t- talent at Houston High School. They've basically been – you know. 
taking people to the woodshed no matter who they played. Going against them, Center Hill, Mustangs, 2019 5A champions, uh, 2020 5A runner-up. So a great program there. The coach there is Newton Mueller, doing a great job. Uh, been doing a great job for years. However, they've been out for two weeks with COVID. Uh, they've had to move. There were some COVID issues, and so they had not been able to play for two weeks. This is their first game back after about two weeks of no practice. That's a tough coming back. Uh, so they did lose. Uh, they did lose 75-59 to 59, uh, to Houston, but we kind of want to talk about it because, you know, at halftime they were within single digits. I think it was a 35-18 after the first. Center Hill drew it in, which, again, 35-18 uh, going into the second quarter. And yeah, we that's had a, a lot of points in the first 13. quarter. And so then Center Hill draws it within a couple single digits by halftime, 20 to 19 third quarter, really close third quarter. Uh, and so the, the lead was up to 61 to 50 uh, at that point. And then, of course, they pulled away with the final quarter. I think it closed it out 14 to 8. It is a, it is a loss for the Mustangs. However, coming off that, playing probably the best team. Well, I know the best team in West Tennessee. Yeah, because remember, the, the public yeah. schools in Shelby County no, are not, not playing. playing. Yep. You know, this is definitely the best team in West Tennessee. Maybe the best team at 6A in Tennessee. Uh, we'll find that out later on, you know, at sometime at the beginning of March. Just, again, a great game that the Mustangs are coming back to. Uh, for the night, Zandon Harrelson and Tanner Burcham for Center Hill each had 21 points, so they've got the talent there. Those are both two kids that are being looked at by colleges. I know it was a loss, but we wanted to highlight this game because that, that was two quality teams playing each other. And from what I understand, the, basically the 5A basketball uh, for this year, the, you know, the, the north half is going to come down between, between Center Hill and Lake Cormorant. So you've got the two supposedly best teams, top two teams in the north half of the state right here in the same county, the only two 5A schools in the county. And then the other one being from the south will probably be Callaway, which if we get closer to, I'll, I'll tell you a story about another time on Callaway, which I heard. Right now, Callaway is a Jackson public school who are not playing, who have moved to another state, staying in a hotel. Yep, stop, stop, stop. This so, is a whole, let's get on down yeah, the road yeah. here, but that's so, a okay, very just, good just story. Get that amount. So we'll see how this plays out, and we'll see if Jackson public schools open back up. And if Callaway is participating, and we can have that discussion. I thought the reason to close schools was to protect the kids. Well, Matt, I'm just telling I'm confused. you. Wait I, a minute yeah. now. In Jackson, Mississippi, our home capital, when we shut down schools, it's to protect the kids. These kids are being protected in Illinois. They're being protected in Illinois right now. Illinois. Illinois. Unbelievable. Yeah. I, I'm glad you told me that. Yeah, That's so great. We're, we're just, just going to leave that out there. Yeah. But, however, you do have two of the best 5A, and maybe even the two best schools in the state, in DeSoto County. So a lot of quality basketball going on. As I said, we're reaching out. We're getting more information. When district starts, when Lake Cormorant's playing, you know, home and home with Center Hill, you know, we're going to be there. Those are going to be the games that we highlight for that week. And so really looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, that's, but that's kind of our wrap-up for the basketball for this week. Yeah, so, again, that's what we're talking about. So sports may be a little bit kind of quick and, and, and talk a little bit about um, basketball and different things going around the county and stuff. Uh, right now we got some good soccer and different things going on, Derek, that we can maybe start to cover or look at, so maybe see what's kind of moving the needle. Something coming up before we sign off, before the show ends, uh, we're going to start to push this very hard over the next uh, two or three shows. Saturday, December 19th, the crew of Fernando will be hosting or having their annual Santa Claus caravan. Santa Claus will be making his way down to Hernando. He will be on a fire truck. Uh, it's kind of sponsored by the crew of Fernando, and he will be making his way through Hernando, uh, waving to the kids, uh, you know, different things like that. So please, if you have any any kids or if you can hear our voice, please pay attention to the Facebook page for the crew of Hernando. That's K-R-E-W-E. That's K-R-E-W-E of Hernando to, to start 
start to see the the route so you can kind of find your spot chamber of commerce christmas parade that happens the first monday of every uh december has been canceled however there is a reverse christmas parade coming up this coming monday uh we gave a lot of praise to miss julie hopkins earlier this week on our show uh she has put together one heck of a thing going on at the high school so it's going to be dilworth lane kind of making the loop there you will be in your car. You will ride past the floats. The floats will be stationary. Teenage drivers, younger drivers, you are not going reverse uh, through the through the thing. So pay attention. Uh, the floats stay still. You go through the parade. I'm sorry. You parade past the floats. That's what the word reverse means. So it's going to be an awesome thing next Monday night all around the high school. Make it a point to go out and support, uh, especially this lady that's worked so hard to uh, have this thing. Because, again, it's Christmas time, Derek. Christmas is about uh, joy and, and, and wonderful things and, and you know, mainly about Jesus, of course. But when it comes to Christmas parades, it's about seeing uh, young people smile and be happy and, and, and be glad to be a part of community. And it'll be great for community spirit. So we're looking forward to it. I know we'll get out and support it. But, again, next Saturday, December 19th, Crew of Hernando Facebook page. Start to pay attention to the route. It's going to be a great event. Our 10th annual, it's hard to believe it's been 10 years, but music, candy, throwing, a lot of different stuff. It's going to be a great, fun time. If you're enjoying what you hear each and every week on the UTW Podcast, please look us up on Facebook at UTW Podcast. That's UTW Podcast on Facebook. Also on Instagram at UTW Podcast. And on Twitter at UTW Pod. That's the simple letters UTW Pod on Twitter. Coaches, as Derek mentioned earlier, that may be some ways that you can uh, let us know some different things going on. Simply let us know on Twitter or Instagram some different highlights, different things for your different teams, whether it be volleyball, softball, basketball coming up, all those different things. But most importantly, wherever you get your podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast, please subscribe to the UTW Podcast as we continue to grow and can, can show advertisers. Derek, I had an advertiser reach out just the other day via email uh, wanting to get some information. So we got some new things coming out in January, some new stuff, some merchandise that we've been talking about for a long time. That's going to be really cool. Some opportunities to partner up with the DeSoto County Museum for some advertising uh, opportunities as well as some fundraising opportunities for the museum. So a lot of things going on with the UTW podcast. So please continue to support us. Please continue to like us. Share us anywhere you can, especially with friends and family if you, if you like what you're hearing. But most importantly, go and subscribe at wherever you listen to this podcast. And we appreciate your support uh, from Hernando and all over DeSoto County. Well, if that's it, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time under the water tower. Malikalikimaka is a wise way to say Merry Christmas. A very Merry Christmas. A very, very, very Merry Christmas to you.